0: Welcome to In-depth Interviews with your host, Steve Redrick. Steve talks to the stars and wizards behind the scenes that make it all happen of that mysterious yet fascinating world we know as show business. Our first hour of the program is brought to you by Chanel, tantalizing perfumes, colognes, and fragrances to heighten your sense and awareness. Now, Without further ado, your host for In-Depth Interviews, Steve Redrick. Hello, everyone. I'm Steve Redrick with another In-Depth Interview. I hope everyone is doing great. Um, today's guest, a gentleman we've had on the show before a few months some um, almost a year ago. Uh, he was born and raised in Great Britain. Education from Oxford, received a master's degree in communications, and was involved in some radio stations in and around London. A few years later, he moved to Australia, helped start up a couple of radio networks in Melbourne finally decided to come to the U.S. and was formally employed by the People's Radio Network as producer for the talk shows. He's an author, just got a book published by Hopper and Rowe. It's going to be available to the general public in just a couple of weeks. Entitled, Getting from Point A to Point B as the Crows Flies. have a wonderful biography about radio personality Michael Crows. We're honored to have him back. Ladies and gentlemen, Nigel Brentworth. Thanks for being here, Nigel. It's great to see you again. Well, thank you, Steve. It's wonderful to be here, and thank you for having me.
1: Congratulations on the book. It's good stuff. I enjoyed it.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Um, A lot of work, but still a lot of fun.
1: So now, how have things been going with you? Um, What made you want to write a book about Michael Kroos? I mean, how did that come about?
0: Well, everything's just been going great. I've got a few side projects in the works. Um, and I decided some time back that my departure, or rather the demise of People's Radio Network, could be perceived as actually um, um, a blessing in disguise. Um, I wanted to write about my experiences at the network for, uh, uh, for quite a while, and um, I just never had the time. So I pitched the idea to my publicist, and she thought it'd make a great book full of wonderful stories. I used to tell her about all the going-ons there, and... Um, I shared with some rough draft ideas about a year ago, and um, she gave me the go-ahead, so I decided to put it all together, and the end result is, um, if, if I might, quite remarkable. I agree. It was definitely a good read. Um, and it also, in my opinion, uh, it gives the reader some insight on uh, what it was like to actually be there, or, or work there, and uh, that they might not get from just listening to the show. Right, right, that's exactly what I was trying to convey. It was kind of a, uh, a different perception, uh, an inside look of uh, typical days at the studio.
1: Okay, okay. Um, I don't want to waste any time. Uh, I want to get to the nitty-gritty of this.
0: Um, Now, some of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with Michael Kroos and the Home and Garden Show, and uh, will be pleased to know there's a detailed chapter in the book about the last day uh, of the People's Radio Network. Now, um, I I don't want to give too much away here, but um, for our listeners, take us back... Uh, to that day, that uh, fateful morning. Um, and we we know that you were running late. Go ahead, please. Well, I should have known my day was going to be a total disaster when my car wouldn't start. Uh, you know, I mean, you spend $40,000 on an automobile, you expect the bloody thing to work. Um, anyway, I knew I wasn't going to make it to the studio in time, so I, um, I was arranging, you know, for AAA to come and tow my car to the BMW dealership, and I called Michael's house... Um, as, you know, that's where the studio was, and his daughter Cassie answered the phone, uh, which i remember thinking at the time that that in itself was strangely odd, as Michael had um, a separate line to the studio, um, but I believe he'd had it rigged, you know, to ring in the living quarters in the event he wasn't there, but um, I asked for Michael, and she said she didn't know where he was, and I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was shocked. i very surprised, but... Um, anyway, by this time, I was just so frustrated very angry.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. So, uh, at this point, you're thinking, whoa, what the hell is going on here, right?
0: Right, right, because this had never happened before. I mean, Michael used to test my patience and, uh, and rattle my cage a bit, but he was always very prompt about the show and also very good about calling in, you know, to let me know if he was running late. And, um, anyway, I was so confused and very flustered. And um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Then Cassie suggested that I call him on his cell. Well, I'd already tried that several times and it kept ringing, and that was it. So I didn't know what was going on. And um, I found out that he had a new number. And I don't know, I guess his own number, the service wasn't cancelled or something. I, I don't know. But um, I finally convinced Cassie to give me the new one. Yeah, now he had cancelled his service uh, and went with some other company with, without telling you, right? That's correct. Uh, this was another thing that was totally out of character for Michael. I mean, for all intent and purposes, uh, you know, I thought we had a good working rapport and uh, a great friendship. So you finally got a hold of Michael and then what? Well, the bloody bugger was getting drunk. I, I could not believe it. I mean, for a moment, I thought I'd entered. Um, uh, what was that show? Um, with Twilight so- Zone? Right, right, the Twilight <laughs> <Yeah>. Zone. Right. <laughs> it was crazy. I thought Michael had gone totally mad. Quite insane. Whew, I can imagine. <laughs> okay, um, I hear the music, uh, which means we're going to have to take a short break. You're listening to in depth interviews on WCYA. I'm Steve Redrick. We've got Nigel Brentworth as our guest. Don't you dare touch that dial. We'll be right back. Is your car getting rust spots? Is the color becoming dull by extreme weather conditions? Do you feel like you're just getting tired of the same old look? You're in luck. Earl Scheib does custom paint jobs for any car. Here's Earl Scheib.
1: Hi, I'm Earl Scheib, and I'll paint any car for just ninety nine ninety
0: nine. Hey, Earl, what about an '87 Subaru? Ninety
1: nine ninety nine. What about my '96 Ford Escort? Ninety nine ninety nine.
0: How about a mint condition '62 Corvette? 99.99.
1: 98
0: Mercedes sedan? 99.99. On the course for a glossy black finish for a 1997 Rolls Royce? 99.99. Hey man, what about my '84 Camaro?
1: 99.99. You morons! Are y'all dare if I said any car? That means any and all cars for ninety nine ninety nine. Why is it so hard to understand? Why do you make an old man like me repeat myself? By golly, back when I was a kid when someone told you something, you listened and learned. And these days you just keep yapping and yapping and your traps are flapping and On
0: behalf of the employees of Earl Scheib, we, we with all, all know, our mental faculties up, intact, what? apologize for that sudden and irrational outburst by mister Scheibe. You see Lately, he's been under a lot of stress, and the medication he's on has made him very irritable. I
1: heard that, you little bastard. Now get back to work. Yes, Dad. Sorry. What's the matter, Harry? Oh, Martha, I feel awful. I'm so constipated, I feel like I have a bowling ball in my colon. Oh, dear. Well, I guess I'll go get the enema bag ready for you.
0: Hold on a second, Martha. Not so fast.
1: Oh my! Wh- who are you? Martha? Who in the world are you talking to?
0: Harry? I'm the Paragon Man, and I'm about to give you some information that will make your trip down the Hershey Highway an enjoyable one. First, Paragon is an antifungal and antiparasitic substance that flushes unwanted bacteria from the colon, and secondly, regular use of Paragon may prohibit colon cancer from forming.
1: Wow, that sounds like the ticket.
0: I'll leave you a sample, Harry, and come back in a a week to see how you're doing
1: well Harry it's been a week how do you feel I want to thank you so much mr. Paragon man I feel like I'm 20 years younger. I actually enjoy my bowel movements now. I even feel like I could get up and
0: dance a jig. That's just great, Harry. And although you've depleted your body of electrolytes, and you've probably strained your sphincter muscle, your colon is absolutely spotless.
1: Clean enough to eat off of, Mr. Paragon Man?
0: (laughs) You betcha, Martha. We have a little saying at the Paragon Plant.
1: Why sit on the toilet, toilet and scream When you can walk away, away with Golden king with Paragon?
0: Thanks again, Mr. Paragon Man! Paragon can be found in your finer health food stores. Buy Paragon today!
1: Hi! Welcome back to
0: In-Depth Interviews. I'm Steve Redrick. We have producer and author Nigel Brimworth. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the last day of the People's Radio Network and and all the craziness that was uh, that was unfolding. Uh, Nigel, you were saying that Michael was getting drunk. Right. It turns out he was a few blocks from his flat. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, house, and um, was getting absolutely smashed at this little pub right up the street. And um, you know, at this point, I had no idea whatsoever that this was the last day of the network. You know, otherwise, um, I may have been a bit more forgiving to Michael. I was livid by this time, as you could tell in the broadcast. Oh, 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 and that's the other thing. Uh, Michael had, uh, quote, inadvertently, unquote, left a microphone on, which uh, (laughs) I, to this day, don't believe. And our conversation was recorded and was being simultaneously broadcast. I mean, we were on the bloody air. And I just know he knew that he wasn't coming in. And, uh, you know, he'd set up the microphone in my studio probably the day before. But... um. Anyway, so it turns out, you know, the show starts and after the intro instead of Michael, the listeners are hearing me ranting and raving like a lunatic or something and and the the icing on the bloody cake was that I was the only one they heard. So everyone's listening to this one-sided conversation of this uh, seemingly deranged person and, you know, Michael insists that he had nothing to do with it and he even had the nerve to implicate me and blame me for it later on during the show. Yeah, I actually remember him accusing you of broadcasting the conversation uh, you know, maybe it was the alcohol who knows <laughs> you know I gotta admit though uh, Nigel strictly from a listener's point of view it, you know it was comedy it was drama it was uh, the the epitome of great radio well I'm sure it was all I remember at the time was my only concern was was, was what was on the air and you know what I was going to do to Michael once I saw him. You know, he used to use me much like a pawn on a chessboard, uh, you know, to fulfill his warped sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, he, he made you say that he had, uh, charisma and panache. Oh, that was so embarrassing, not to mention demoralizing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, Nigel. Well, well, I can laugh at it now, of course. You were saying earlier that Michael used to rattle your cage. Now, uh, w- was that part of his warped sense of humor? Well, I don't think many people know this, but Michael is a bit of a prankster. You know, little jokes, practical jokes, you know. Um, And that's why I'm so sure he pulled off that live microphone stunt on the last day. And um, I even remember the very first time I was exposed to Michael's crude sense of humour. When I first came to the People's Radio Network, um, I wasn't sure what to think of Michael. And I was still feeling people out and, uh, you know, what made them tick and so forth. And... um, Being in a new environment, there's always this, you know, underlying tension. And uh, he asked me maybe a week after I had started working there if I had any nude pictures of my wife. And I said, absolutely not. And then he said, would you like to see some? (laughs) And uh, that really broke the ice. Um, Anyway, on occasion, he would already be in the studio before I would arrive. And he would, you know, tweak the knobs and faders on the mixing board and a bit uh, or he might shuffle my papers and things around. And I remember a couple of times it would literally be uh, 20, maybe 30 seconds before the program and I would be telling Michael to stand by, you know, to get ready. And uh, he wouldn't acknowledge me uh, like he didn't hear me, you know, no thumbs up or or a nod or, or anything. And I'd be there saying, Michael, Michael, can you hear me? And I could see him right through the double bulletproof glass and I'd be waving my arms, you know, trying to get his attention. And I was in the sound room, you know, and he's in the studio and the door to get to him was usually locked. And, um, you know, meanwhile, I'm frantically fumbling with all the controls and in trying to see where the problem is, you know, loose connections and so forth. And, uh, you know, I'd be in a total panic in five seconds before he's supposed to be on. He'd look up at me with this big smile and this expression uh, of angelic innocence and uh, say, oh, I'm sorry, Nigel, were you talking to me? And, and that's it. Nothing else. I would be so angry with him. And, uh, of course, there's nothing I could do. He's going on the air. And by the time he's taking a break, I, you know, I had cooled down. So... Um, he just really knew how to get to me. Uh, that's just a producer's worst nightmare when the equipment or, uh, or technolo- technology misbehaves. It sounds like he was tweaking your knobs and pushing your buttons. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, these jokes, uh, they didn't affect your friendship, did they? Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. The little games he played were fairly harmless. I- I'm-, I'm not one to hold a grudge or anything. Okay, fair enough. Um, or for the listeners who may not be familiar with Michael in the show, what was Michael like on the air? No, no wait, uh, before you answer, let me just say this because I, I think I speak for a lot of people that um, Michael came across as a very intelligent guy. Uh, he, he was very witty, uh, sarcastic at times. But definitely a real pleasure to listen to. Um, You know, I catch a show whenever I could, and uh, it was fun. You know, whatever he was talking about, whether uh, you know, it was about planting things or uh, or or what he and his family were going to do that weekend. Bravo, Steve! You could not have put it more eloquently. That was Michael to a T uh well perhaps an oversimplification but uh if you had to describe michael in the show in uh 50 words or less uh that would be it um and to elaborate uh there were so many times when michael would be talking with a caller or, or just describing some uh, planting technique or or protocol and uh he could keep you so captivated uh he was absolutely extraordinary um you know, his stories were absolutely classic, riveting. Riveting, I, I think, is the best word to describe it. And... Um You know, the incredible thing was that whatever he was talking about may not have been that interesting or funny, but, you know, he made it that way. Um, In other words, and you've probably had this happen to you, if someone were telling a joke and then someone else later on told the same joke, well, the second person might make you laugh, but the first person may actually, uh, you know, ruin the joke, not uh, not possessing a good sense of comedy or, or how to really tell a joke, you know? And I always thought Michael could be a fantastic writer. Uh, He had excellent comedic timing and I often told him his sense of comedy was brilliant. And if if he ever wanted to leave, you know, the radio business or or that genre, if you will, uh, I would do all I could to pull some strings and... uh, You know, get him an interview with some of my close, influential friends in the business and um, get him a wonderful position for his own show and uh, and possibly even television work. Wow, pretty high praises. Uh, So what was his reaction to that? Well, he didn't exactly say yes or no, but uh, did say that he would have to think about it. Uh, It was quite a bit uh, to drop in his lap at the time. All right, I want to set up this next bit for discussion by just saying two words. Chapter 5. Oh, yes, the infamous Chapter (laughs) 5, which I think offsets the tone of the rest of the book a bit. (laughs) What do you think? Now, that is a major understatement. Uh, You said some pretty intense things about the network execs there, and even to the point of almost, uh, mind you, almost, uh, exposing fraudulent business practices and embezzlement. Yes, Steve, that's true. It wasn't my intent at the time, um you know or now to disparage anyone but um there was some uh, in my opinion dirty politics going on there and i felt it necessary to speak out i you know i couldn't say anything at the time obviously i would have been terminated and um, i didn't want to go through this you know long drawn out litigation battle
1: yeah that could get pretty
0: expensive uh not knowing you know how long it could go on Well, actually, money was never an issue. Uh, My father was a lawyer for almost 30 years before becoming a member of parliament. And um, he told me he would represent me if I chose to file a lawsuit. And, you know, if they challenged it, you know, he would go to court as well. So,
1: yeah, sometimes you have to
0: uh, bite the bullet, uh, so to speak. Uh, You also said uh, in the book that you felt that they weren't seeing your point of view. Right, that's correct. Uh, I had on many occasions tried to get proper fans allocated towards uh, the production of the shows, and uh, you know they always had some excuse or some reason why they couldn't do it, and um, I don't think they held a very high opinion of me. I, uh, actually, I, I think they thought I was a bit of a wanker. A wanker? Why, why do you say that? I'd heard rumours occasionally that I was a perfectionist, and uh, um, I guess my expectations greatly exceeded their abilities, so that's... You know that's just my opinion, and um, you know not wanting to seem uh, self-involved or egotistical. I, I think of myself as an artist or, or, or a visionary, and uh, you know the show was very, very good, Steve, but it could have been great. You know, and I know it would have taken a lot of money and, and time and effort, but I was willing to go all the way and do what it took to you know to achieve that that pinnacle of greatness, and. Um, I was going to get with Michael and the production team and we were going to sit around and throw ideas back and forth and even to the point of uh, uh, totally giving the show a new sound and, and theme and all. And, uh, you know, I just took my job very seriously and I, it was absolutely paramount that I put 100% of my efforts into it. Ah, the suits and number crunchers never could understand the vision of the artist. It seems anywhere you go, you know, you have to deal with the uh, uh, the proverbial red tape, huh? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. A lot like the government in Washington. Uh-oh! Nigel puts in his political two cents. No, 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 no. That's that's all I wanted to say on the matter. Well, Nigel, we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Uh oh, oh, oh Tell us when the book is available. Oh, uh, yes. Um, on the 24th of this month at all major bookstores. Uh, oh, and by the way, I'll be at a book signing in New York on the 24th. Uh, at B. Dalton Booksellers at, uh, I believe it's 2nd Avenue and 33rd and um, I hope we have a good turnout The book Getting from Point A to Point B as The Crows Flies by Nigel Brentworth Nigel, always a pleasure
1: thanks again for being here and hope to have you back soon
0: Thank you so much Steve, the pleasure is all mine you have a great day
1: Thanks Nigel, bye everyone